podcast show. I am your host Natasha Monique and thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I hope you guys are well. I hope you're staying safe. Don't forget to wash your hands. Keep your mouth covered. Uh, I don't know about the gloves. Um, I carry gloves with me um, when I go to the stores but if I forget I'm like oh well just wash your goddamn hands um, and don't be up on people. Um, <laughs> Um, hope you guys are, um, I said it already, but I do hope that you guys are well. Um, this, this still is crazy. It's still a lot to take in. Um, however, I do enjoy, um, being at home, um, working from home. I, I actually got the opportunity to spend the whole month with my son, who is actually going to be two on Sunday. Woo-hoo! Terrible twos. Fuck terrible twos. My baby is a terrible one. Okay. Um, but I'm just excited that I got the opportunity to be home with him and, um, I I pay attention to my baby so much more. Um, I'm a person who I'm goal driven. Like I, and it's, and I had to be so forgiven to myself. And that's another reason why I'm happy. I had the opportunity to, to stay home because I had the opportunity to be still. And when I had the opportunity to be still, I had the opportunity to, um, sit with my thoughts and I'm very hard on myself, um, naturally, uh, overachiever, a product of narcissistic parenting, excuse me. So I always felt like I had to be the best of the best of the best of the best. And the best of the best of the best was always expected of me. So what I realized is that I spent so much time caring about work and letting myself be so consumed with work that I really wasn't paying attention to my baby. And so now that I'm home and I get the opportunity to work from home, I pay attention to him so much more. And I just look at this little boy and I be like, this is a fucking genius. Like, seriously, I know people... (laughs) think so highly of their kids as they should as we should and um when people would do that to me and talk about their kids i'd be like blah 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 because the reality is nobody gives a fuck about our kids but us but when i would hear people talk about their kids i couldn't relate because i didn't have one so i really didn't care but now that i have a kid i didn't care but not with malice i just didn't care because again people don't care about our kids but us so you know um when i watch my baby i'm just like wow this is my baby like his level of intelligence at two is just amazing and he can't really quite talk just yet I understand some of his jibba jabba or I call it Japanese I don't I tell him I don't speak baby Japanese when he be talking shit to me but I just I being home gave me the opportunity to just really watch him and and watch him grow and and he's amazing he is a blessing to me I remember I didn't even think I could have children and you know when I found that I had him I just literally sat in the middle of my bed and I looked at my grandmother's picture and I cried because I just didn't think that that God was gonna give me him I I just didn't think that I deserved him and he literally saved my life because when you're dealing with anxiety and depression it's hard and sometimes them voices and not schizophrenia voices but just with the anxiety of the different voices and you just hear so much sound of static you know a lot of times that static told me to just end end yourself like it really did like it really did and it was so many times that my baby literally put his hands on my face when he was a little baby and I was going to postpartum and he would touch my face and I just it was a language that I understood and he was telling me it's gonna be okay 
it's going to be okay. And and the good thing is that I was going to therapy prior to having him. And I'm happy to say I've been in therapy for four years. And we literally just, once I had my baby, I think that's when reality set in for me. That's when shit got real for me. When you kind of, when you become a mom, a dad, you got to grow the fuck up. I don't give a fuck what age you have this kid at. You got to grow up because you have a human to worry about. And I've grown up so fucking much. I remember my 33rd birthday. I wanted to do something, but I couldn't figure out what to do because I I think I did everything. I've had birthday parties since I was one years old. So for my 33rd birthday, I just stayed in the house. My mom kept an eye on my son and um, my partner and I, we just stayed in the house. And I sat in a lot of shit. And literally, not, not literally, I shouldn't say it like that. Not not literally shit, but I just sat, metaphorically speaking, I sat in a lot of shit, a lot of uh, uh, shit that made me grow up. You know, I thought about my parents, my mother, my father, my stepfather, and I cried. I had to release that. I had to grow the fuck up. And my baby taught me that you gotta grow up. My parents did me a disservice by wanting to be my friend and not being my parents. They And I get it. They didn't know how to be a parent, you know, so... Me going to therapy and me, you know, taking this time to really get my shit together, it made me realize that we just don't know. And we're trying to be parents with, with, with the shit that we're carrying. They were trying to be a parent to me with the shit that they was carrying. I know my mom and dad are fucked up. And they did the best that they knew how. And the best thing I could have done was had that conversation with my mom and told her, listen, your lack of X, Y, and Z made me like this. And... I still have my moments when I'm angry, especially when I think about all the times that I should have checked people and I didn't. I get angry at my mom because I just remember those times where when I would stand up for myself, when I would defend myself and my mom would shut it down. <laughs> like she would just chop me up and she didn't realize she was doing that. When I was growing up with my little brother, I had to raise him. A lot of times I would try to reprimand him. And you know, I, and I talked about this before. Um, you know, she would check me for checking him. And my brother was very disrespectful. My brother did not have respect for women. So he talked crazy to me and I had to allow it. So I never realized how much that shit had an impact on me because there's so many times where I probably should have just grabbed somebody and crushed their whole shit, crushed their whole throat bone. But I just, I didn't know how because my mom didn't teach me how. And I carried that. And so when I had that conversation with her on my 34th birthday, you know, the day before my 34th birthday, I was so happy I did, you know, um, there, there's so much more that I know we have to discuss, but I broke that. Uh, I broke the ice. I said, this shit got to stop because I cannot raise my son like this. I can't. I have to be a healthy adult for my human, my little human, my beautiful, precious human. I have to be a healthy adult. So I had to have that conversation with my mother. And I'm so thankful that on my 33rd birthday that I decided not to party. And it was my partner who said, you know what? It's not always about partying. Sometimes you got to be with yourself. And being in quarantine made me realize that when I sat with myself, I had a lot of shit that I had to get off my chest. I had a lot of shit that I had to get off my chest. And what I realized is that I'm just a wounded little girl. I was a wounded little girl for so long. My life started at three years old. It literally started at three. I have seen and experienced so much in my lifetime that don't worry. I'm going, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this on this podcast and y'all going to get a book from me at some point in my life. I had to because we have to talk about this shit. We have to talk about the mental health issues that our parents deal with. And that shit trickles down to us. We carry their weight. We carry their fucked upness. And then we pass that shit on to our kids. I'm not going to pass this on to my baby. I can't. It has to stop. It has to stop. When I tell y'all I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm 34, but I fucking feel 75. My life started at three. And it's been... It, 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 
It has to stop. The pain has to stop. The voices, the anxiety, the overthinking. Just be in a moment. Take this time while you're in quarantine to be with yourself. I'm a mom. I get it. For moms, I get it. We don't really have too much of a time to ourselves when we have one kid, two kids, three kids, and your fucking partner is a child. Because I swear my man is a big baby, a big baby man, a big man baby, sorry. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. You feel like you're pulled in every which direction. And a lot of times with black people, with minorities, period, we care so much about our family. So we're taking care of people in our family as well. And, and I had to realize I'm tired of taking care of people. It literally feels like I'm a big comic book nerd. It really feels like... Um, uh, what was it? rogue when you um when you absorb people's when you absorb people's pain it's draining to you and that's what it felt like to me that's what it feels like to me absorbing their energy every shit everything that people would dump out onto my lap I absorbed their energy and I felt their energy and I carried their energy and it started first with my parents because I I was three, but I really was like 30 fucking three years old. I really was. I knew that my mom shouldn't have uh, stayed with my dad. And I told my mom, I told my mom this at five, don't stay with him. How the fuck did I know that at five? Don't stay with him. I grew up before my time. And that's what happens in these communities and black communities. You know, that's what happens in, in, in impoverished neighborhoods. We're latchkey kids. We got to go home. We got to take care of ourselves. We got to take care of our siblings because our parents are trying to make ends meet. So we grow up fast. And I grew up so fast. I had to take care of my mom. I had to take care of my brother. I had to take care of my dad. My stepdad would dump shit in my lap. And when I would ask my stepdad things, he couldn't even give me an answer. My mom couldn't even give me an answer. My father couldn't even give me an answer. And I carried that and carried that and carried that. And I can't do it to my baby. I cannot do it to my baby. You can't do it to your baby. Deal with your demons. First of all, accept the fact that your parents are who they are. And let it go. I had an amazing conversation with a good girlfriend of mine on uh, Saturday. She stopped by because we're going to do a seafood um, thingy. Um, a seafood jammy jam, social distancing, obviously. Um, and I'm excited because I'm so proud of her. She got her master's. And I'm so ex- I'm so proud of her because I've seen her growth over the years. And so when we had a conversation. When I tell y'all, I was like a dead body and she breathed life into me. She, she just <sighs> literally. And I... <gasps> That's exactly how I felt after talking to her. And I slept so good. Like, my sleep is getting better. Because, you know, when you have anxiety, a lot of times you jump out your sleep, you have panic attacks. And that's what I was having. Um, I've really been going through a lot of shit. But talking to her that day, she spoke so much life into me. And even uh, a week before that, me and her went out and we um, got some, some seafood. Like, we're really obsessed with seafood right now. We went, Y'all know black food. Seafood mean money. Okay, like steak. That mean money. <laughs> Shit, niggas living off of their stimulus. All right, I, I really did not put it in my savings. But since I've been home, I've had, you know, I, I have a little more coins. And so niggas been seafood rich, okay? So me and her went and got seafood and we were talking and she spoke so much life into me. And her growth just told me like, if she she could do it, you can do it. Your village. We talk about it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to, to, to help anybody grow. You understand know what I'm saying? And she's a part of my village. And I realized for so long that I had friends that shouldn't have been my friends. You know, like, and then I realized that it started because of how I grew up. When you grow up and fucked up dysfunctional relationships and fucked up dysfunctional families. First of all, now I understand why people run away from their family. I love my family. I love y'all. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of, um, when you don't heal your trauma, you carry that with you. And that's what I see in my family. And I can't be around it because, I, again, I absorb that. 
you know, um, one thing about being an empath is that you feel things deeply. You know, I overly dissect things deeply. So I feel it with my family. And so where was I? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just, I'm just so excited to talk to y'all. So, you know, we're talking to her. It just made me realize that I was so empty for so long. I was so dead. I gave so much away. I gave so much away, so much away, so much of myself away to people mentally, spiritually, emotionally, even physically. You know, I laid down with multiple partners because I, I didn't know. I didn't know any better. You know, you know, no woman in my family taught me how to be a woman. My mama didn't teach me how to be a woman. When my mama found out that I uh, started having sex, my mom put me on punishment. It wasn't no conversation about the birds or the bees or bitch, you better wear a condom. I couldn't even get a bitch, you wear a condom. Bitch, you better wear a condom. She couldn't tell me that. She didn't know how to. It scared her. I, what I realized as a black woman, as a black mother, it is scary to raise black kids it is scary to raise a black daughter it's scary to raise a black son it's fucking frightening she did not know how to so i had to fend for myself then i then i fought with my identity i went to a school gifted and talented majority of those kids did not look like me my mom didn't teach me how to be black she didn't even know how to teach me how to be black i'm trying to fit in with these fucking kids and i don't even fit in with them i didn't fit in with them I was the cool black kid who knew how to dance, the cool black kid who knew everything it was about sex, which was sad because I was a baby. And I look at kids, I've worked with kids for so long, and, and I look at my babies and I will see them and I will be like, oh my God, my level, <laughs> my mentality was so different from theirs back then. I knew so much because I grew up so fast, so fast, too fast. And now I just, I don't want my baby to have that life. I don't. I don't want my baby to have that life. I don't. I really don't. And and, and 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 I was so hard on myself as a mother because I felt like I wasn't doing enough. And what I had to what, what I had to learn was that I had to take in the moments when I was doing enough. When I was doing not even enough, when I was doing the best that I fucking knew how. There is no manual on parenting. You figure it out as you go along. And I and I and I had to toot my own fucking home because I said, bitch. You're doing better. You're doing better than what you thought you was doing. You got this. You only had two years when you got the rest of y'all lives together. You got this. Don't be so hard on yourself. Every doctor's appointment, you know, uh, going to the store to go get pampers, all this shit that you just be laying in bed when you're going through anxiety and depression, you don't want to do what you have to do. And I'm proud of myself because what people don't understand is that when you have a mental illness, shout out to the motherfuckers that still get the fuck about the bed. Shout out to our parents who fucked up but still had to give a fuck about that bed and do what they had to do. Nobody teaches us. All they, all they do is tear us down. They tear us down till there's nothing left. And we tear each other down till there's nothing left. I can't, again, I can't tell you how many times I've had friends that had drained me. Drain me, 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 drain me. And I let them. I let them bully me. I let them disrespect me. Because that's all I seen growing up. My aunt bullied me. My aunt disrespected me. My aunt beat me. My cousin bullied me. She disrespected me. She beat me. That's all I saw. That's all I knew. That's all I understood was pain. That's the only way I felt like I can grow through pain. I catch myself so many times and my thoughts, they be so negative. And I be like, bitch, why are you having these negative thoughts? What's your problem? So I had to identify the source of the problem, how I grew up. I grew up in fear. I was afraid of everything. Literally, I was afraid of the dark for a very long time because my mom didn't say to me, it's nothing to be afraid of. And now when I see kids and, they, and, and, and even in my family, I live with my family. And so there are times where uh, my little baby cousin, she's four and she'll be scared of the dark. And I say to her, it's not real. 
It's nothing. I'm so proud of my son because he don't even know what that is. My son will play in the dark. I, we be trying to turn the light off to scare his ass so he can go to bed. He ain't scared. We have these doors, um, um, these, um, uh, what, what do we call it? <laughs> my family call it the Coraline door. And it's like, the, you y'all know the little attic closets when you open it, like it's a small door, but inside it's because it's, it's we're in the attic and it's on the roof. So it's like, it's really big on the inside, but the door is really small. So my baby, he'll go in there. Not afraid. He's not afraid of the dark. And a lot of times I get scared to leave my baby in the dark and I'll make sure that his, um, his humidifier it has a light on. I'll make sure that the humidifier is on. Like I will always make sure that the light was on for my baby, like some type of light my baby had to be able to see. And when I realized that like, he's not afraid, I'm like, I will continue to teach him. It's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing bad is going to happen. But I realized that not only was I afraid of dark because my mother never taught me nothing was real. I was afraid of dark because I was just afraid of the unknown. What's going to come out and get me? Nothing nothing she didn't tell me that she didn't know how to tell me that my mom had me at fucking 20 I had my son at 32 and was a fucking cuckoo bird so I can just imagine at 19, 20 my mom went through a lot of shit that I went through history repeats itself it does especially in black families incest uh, 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 molestation like it, it, it will continue if we don't stop it I don't play when it comes to myself. I do not let my baby around any and everybody. And it's hard because my in-laws, they get offended. And it's like, it's not personal. I just know what the fuck I've been through as a kid. I know what the fuck was done to me when I was a kid. So I'm not letting nobody do that to my baby. I'm not. When I found out I was pregnant, I isolated myself from everybody because I knew what the world did to me. I knew what family did to me. And I said, no, not my baby. You're not going to do it to my baby. Not to my black boy. No, my mom couldn't protect me. She tried. My dad, he tried. He just didn't know how. They didn't know how, but I know how. I have the, 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 the mental capacity to know how to understand. I'm so grateful that God gave me this gift. This little boy. My baby will be fucking two. He will be two. God gave me a baby. Whenever I do these podcasts, like... I would get such anxiety. Like, oh my God, I went Kanye. And I always say Kanye because I feel like whatever he got going on right now, that's uh, whatever. But I always felt like he was so honest. And I, and, and, and now that I'm so, uh, now that I had the opportunity to be still during this quarantine and I listen to music and I pay attention to movies and I pay attention to television shows, I look at these people, although when it comes to television shows and their movies, and it's like, this is not real. This is fake. It's like, no, this is real. And I'm present and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm in that character's shoes. And I do the same thing when I say I go Kanye. When I be so honest and so real, it's scary. Because we're taught that we got to wear a uh, mask. We got to cold switch. I don't want to cold switch. This is who I am. This is who I am. Now, the great thing is I know how to switch it on, switch it off. And my mom actually would use that to her advantage when I would have to call for apartments for her. Uh, when we would, would go car hunting, my mom would use me. My mom manipulated me so much. And, and I realized that's where the manipulation came from. I have been with so many manipulative people in my life. And I realized that it starts with the parents. It started with my mom. 
Go ask that person for help. You pretty, you skinny, they gonna help you. They ain't gonna look at me, I'm fat. It starts with the parents. She taught me that. She taught me that I was the center of the earth. Everything revolves around me. She did not check me when she should have checked me. And some of those friends that I said was bad people, they, they checked me. And when I sat in that and I said, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry if I was a bitch to you. But what I also realized is that me being bad was nearly it's nothing as them being as fucked up to me. And I forgive them. I don't have no ill feelings. I don't have no malice. I don't. Because we all got to deal with our shit. So if you even listening, I'm sorry. And also, to you guys that are listening, in order to heal, you got to think about your behavior and what you did to people. And you got to own it. And it hurts. Let me tell you, when I think back to the shit that I did, I, and, and, and I be so embarrassed, I remember when I didn't even think that I was the whore. I didn't. I didn't. I was like, anybody get it? And nobody know my business. <laughs> what? Yes, they did. And yes, they was talking about me. They was. And I said, you know what? This is life. Move on. Forgive yourself. You you had your whole face. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's life. But I also, not even just whatever, I had to own it. I had to own why I was the way that I was. And now that I could own it, now... You know, when I am uh, being intimate with my partner, I can own that because now I know who I am. I was molested when I was a very little girl. I was a child. I was a I was a toddler. And my life started right there. You know how much shit I've seen? How many times I seen my dad do inappropriate shit and I watched him because he didn't have enough sense to not have me in the room. That's how much fucked up shit I have seen. I carry that for so long and I'm tired. I helped my mom raise a brother who was mentally ill. I did not go away for school. I applied to one fucking school and I got into that school. That one school, Montclair State University. I got into that school and that's the only fucking school I applied to. And I still got in. I literally raised my... When I tell you... And I keep saying I'm sorry. I'm repetitive. When I tell you I raised my motherfucking self, I raised my motherfucking self. I did. I took care of my motherfucking self. And I remember when some of my friends' parents would judge me. They would talk about me, call me grown. You think I want to look like this? I'm fucking five now. I've been five now since third grade. Size eight and a half shoes since third grade. I always look like this. My own mother would not hold my hand when I was a kid because she said we look like lesbians. I grew up before my time. Who loved me? Nobody. I had to love myself. I didn't even know how to love myself. That is why I had multiple partners because I didn't know how to love myself. I would get fucked up at the bar with my good girlfriend. We, first of all, I would come straight from the gym because I made sure I was going to be on placacao. And I always say because my butt flat, like I got to make sure I keep my stomach down because, you know, at least I got boobs. So, and thighs and legs and they long. So, it's like, let me keep my body together. So, I would go to the gym, go straight to the bar and go fuck. That's how I dealt with life. Drink it and fuck it. That's exactly how my father dealt with life. Drinking and fucking. Womanizing. His daughter. Whore. 
tell you, I don't regret nothing. I don't. I feel like we are all given this life for a reason. And everybody wouldn't have been able to handle it. And I feel like God gave me my little boy because he knew she's getting tired. She, she want to leave. And it's not my time to go. And my son came in with those big eyes and that big old afro and eyelashes like his mama. I was like, bitch, I'm here. We ain't going nowhere. We got the rest of our lives to be together. And it's funny because people will look at you and they will not think your life is the way that it is. I presented very well. I cold switched very well. But this is the real me. This is me. This is who I am. I tried to be all these different things. I tried to fit in with people. I thought back to those friends who were really shitty to me. And I realized that I let them be shitty to me because my family was shitty to me. My aunt was shitty. My cousin was shitty to me. My aunt was so nasty and so mean. So verbally abusive. She embarrassed me so many times in front of people. My cousin. I remember she slapped the shit out of me for no reason. This boy said I did something to him. And if you know me, I'm very mild-mannered. I may be loud and outgoing, life of the party, but I'm not a bully. I don't pick with people. I'm not a bully. I don't even like bullies. I mean, I would be friends with them, which says a whole lot. But I'm, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, it's, in retrospect, it's probably for protection. I would be friends with bullies, and I would think that the shit that they did was funny. But it wasn't funny. It wasn't nice. It wasn't. It was mean. And I live vicariously through their ignorance, through their bullying, because I wanted to be like them secretly. I wanted to bully people because people bully me. And I felt like it would make me cool if I was mean. And I feel like black people, we feel like that we always got to fight. That's how we protect and defend ourselves. We've been fighting all our lives. You grew up in impoverished neighborhood. That's what you're going to be like, right? But that ain't who I am. It's not. I tell my friends, if you want advice, well, not right now, y'all, I'm sorry. I need a break. But, you know, for advice, absolutely, I got you. But don't call me if you want to fight because I'm going to tell you don't do it. It's not worth it, especially at this age. 33 years old. No, that was a lie. I'm 34 years old. Don't fucking call me to fight nobody. Don't. We too old for this. We got too much to live for. I used to secretly indulge in gossip. I used to, I love it. To this day, I still love it a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. It's like, it's like watching Ratchet TV every now and again. It's innate. I'm a woman. But now, when I hear women just constantly just gossiping, 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 talking and talking and gossiping, I don't like it. Because so many times I was on the end of that. I, I had friends who gossip and talk about me because I was a dummy. I would tell them my business. And I was so easy to manipulate. Mother manipulated me. <laughs> Aunt, cousin. I was so easy to manipulate. I was so friendly. I just wanted to be everybody friendly. I just want everybody like me. So whatever you tell me to do, I was going to do it. That was me. And then I started to do it to people. I, had, I was manipulated to some of my friends. I was mean to some of my friends. I was a bitch to some of my friends. I was a bully to some of my friends. I'm tired. And I'm so ready for this next chapter of my life. I'm so ready. When I tell you I'm so fucking ready, I'm so ready. I want to run into the next chapter. I am shedding. You Change is inevitable. You have to change. And it's scary. It's frightening. But you have to. You have to. And I remember I will always say, I don't care what people think. Yes, I do. I give a fuck a lot about what people think. I really do. 
I really, I care a lot. Like, I'm, I, I, a lot. So much that I will obsess over it. Like, I'll think about shit in cycles. Like, it'll always be, um, a female that's traumatizing me. <laughs> that's always in my cycle of anxiety thoughts. It is. It, it, it always has to be a female in there that's traumatizing to me. And, and what I had to really realize when I'm home, when I've been home in quarantine, sitting still, like they're only traumatizing to you because they're trigger. They remind you of your aunt, your cousin. That's not them. These people can't hurt you no more. Now you are a healthy adult. The little girl in you was, was traumatized, is traumatized. But the healthy adult in you know, this person cannot harm you. They can't. You got this. A lot of times we create uh, this fear, this uh, anxiety, um, this shit, because that's that's how we know how to thrive and exist. Sometimes we have anxiety because nothing bad is happening. That gives you anxiety within itself. And that has been me. I would have anxiety and I, and I would go down my checklist of shit that could possibly be wrong. And it wouldn't be nothing wrong. It would just be me. And my anxiety. Take this time while you are quarantined to meditate, to journal. Get to know you. Utilize the time to really, really get to know you. Become your own best friend. Go for a fucking walk. Get some air. Get in the tub. Soak your body in the tub. You know what I put? I put six green tea bags in the tub, baking soda, um, lavender Epsom salt, and I just soak. And I get my favorite favorite bubble bath and I just sit there and I soak. Release it. Let it go. Let it go. I need you to dig into everything that you're going through. Start dissecting it. Let that shit go. It's the past. It ain't nothing you can do about it now. You only are responsible for the shit that you can change. You can't, the shit you can't change. Don't carry it. Don't carry it. Please don't carry it. I thank you guys for listening. Be well. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Keep your mouth covered. Just practice social distancing. Continue to love on yourself. Speak life into yourself. Surround your village. No, no, no. Surround yourself with a village of people who are loving, nurturing, encouraging. Who are doing the goddamn thing and they motivate you to do the goddamn thing yourself. If it's something that is draining life out of you, cut the fucking cord. Change is uncomfortable. Growth is uncomfortable, but it's inevitable. You have to do it. You can do a kicking and screaming, (laughs) but you gotta do it. And then again, if that means ending a relationship with somebody, do what you gotta do. Ending a friendship with somebody, do what you gotta do. Even if it's family members who drain the fuck out of you, do what the fuck you got to do. You are your number one priority. Nobody teaches us that we're our number one priority. Look at white folk. They get they get massages. They go on vacation. And come home to a nice ass house. Why we can't have the same thing? Why we can't do the same things? And I hate when people say that's white people shit. My dad said that to me every time I would say to him, Dad, let's do this. That's white people shit. No, you ignorant. It's people shit. Don't sell yourself short. Bet on yourself. Invest in yourself. You can't be nothing to nobody if you're not well. 
I thank you guys for tuning in to the Highly Melanated Podcast Show. I am your host, Natasha Monique, and you guys be well. Peace.